And the live stream reaches places that we as a little church in Splendora ordinarily would not reach. Uh, at last count, there were something on the order of 26 nations across the globe that tune in to our little service here from Splendora, Texas. Uh, yes, thanks be to God. Uh, which shows me that the world is hungry for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are the instruments, the vessels that carry that gospel along with many of our brothers and sisters in Christ across the globe. But do not underestimate your role as ministers of the word of God. We all have a part to play. We are all part of the body of Christ. And so we all have a role to play in spreading the message of Jesus Christ to the world. The gospel message this morning comes to us from the gospel according to John. I'm in the 14th chapter. Your bulletin has uh, a version of it. I'll be reading from the New American Standard Version. I'm in John 14, beginning at verse 1. Hear what John writes. Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I am coming again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you also will be. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do, you, how do we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you for so long a time, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip. The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father. As he remains in me, does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, the one who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I'm going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, this I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to you, Lord Christ. So as you hear that, I want to, you to picture in your minds this, this scenario. See, the disciples have been with Jesus for three years of ministry. Intense 
full immersion ministry. Casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, opening the eyes of the blind, restoring people to physical and mental, emotional and spiritual wholeness. They have been through the persecution and the scourging and the crucifixion and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And Jesus is now preparing to ascend to the father. And so he is preparing the disciples for a new experience of life without him in the way they have known him. They're about to be separated physically, at least for a while. And so we have to talk about separation. What happens when people who are deep in relationship separate? What kinds of feelings, emotions, thoughts do we experience when we are separated from people of great significance in our lives? I've given this some thought and I've thought about all the times that I have been separated from people that I love and care about. When, when we find ourselves separated, and there are many ways to find yourself separated from a loved one. I mean, there's some where, where you know there's an end to the separation, like Angela is in Denver this week. Trust me, that's separation of a different kind. When Angela's gone, I'm not myself. I don't sleep as well. I don't function as well. She's my significant other. And by significant, I mean I'm married up. When she's gone, I feel her absence. I hope you have someone like that. There are other kinds of separations that cause us to be troubled. We have a sense of, of great loss when they are not physically with us anymore. And that loss is often compounded by thoughts of what do I do now? What's what's next for me? Now, I find it interesting. And as I always say, there are no coincidences. There are just God incidences. I find it interesting that this week on, on May 1st, we reached an important milestone in Methodism. Do you know what it was? And it was the first anniversary of the Global Methodist Church launching. It's hard to believe, but it's been a year. It's a milestone which is cause for great celebration for those of us who have joined this new Orthodox Bible based denomination, this branch of Wesleyism um, that is in tune with the original Methodist roots, authority of scripture, lordship of Christ, celebrating 2000 plus years of the apostles teaching. But that celebration was brought about because of a great separation. Now, I'm not one to look back because trust me, the way forward is where we want to keep our eyes focused. 
But we have to acknowledge that this week that we celebrate as the first anniversary of the launching of the Global Methodist Church, thanks be to God, still we have to acknowledge that it came about by our obedient separation from the United Methodist Church. And so we have experienced separation, haven't we? We're living our lives following the teachings and the example of Jesus. Our routines were set, our schedules were made. And then we became aware by God's grace and the counsel of the Holy Spirit of our need to separate from false teaching, from a man-made gospel narrative. And we found ourselves separated from the life that we knew and from many of the people that we loved and cared about whose spiritual blindness would not let them see their way forward. Does that make them bad people? No. And so we pray for the United Methodist Church that they would find their way once again back to the heart of the gospel. But for us, something different has taken place. God is doing a new thing with us. And for many, many churches in the Eastern Texas Conference of the Global Methodist Church, as we celebrate this one year anniversary, we acknowledge the experience of separation that we all have in common. It's not a bad thing to separate. Jesus's ascension to the father was not at all a bad thing. It was a new experience for the disciples. But without Jesus ascending to the father, the Holy Spirit couldn't come. The church couldn't be launched. Think of how many souls have been saved since the ascension of Jesus Christ. And so, as I said, for us, something different has taken place. We will never be the same again for this experience of separation. And that's a good thing. I'm here to tell you this morning that although it might have been uncomfortable at first, the change is good. The Holy Spirit is moving. I have seen it in tangible ways, many, many different ways that the Holy Spirit has been moving. We have learned to lean into the one who never changes. We now find peace in this newfound separation from our former lives. It reminds me of that old hymn by Horatio Spafford. He, he says, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. It's an old favorite in almost every denomination's hymnals. And it's Stafford's, uh, Spafford's acknowledgement and acceptance of Jesus' words, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. All of us experience separation in varying degrees 
My experience is not necessarily your experience. Your experience is certainly not necessarily my experience, but we all experience separation. And whenever you experience a separation from something familiar, Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust God. Trust Jesus. Because for those that trust and believe, Jesus has prepared a dwelling place in his father's house. We tend to think of that as something for the future after we pass from this life into the next. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus has established his house, a room for you, space for you in your father's house. And you are welcome to walk into it simply by acknowledging his lordship and what he did for us on the cross. He prepared our dwelling place with God by going to the cross and by the resurrection. Remember, he said it is finished. That meant everything was complete. Everything was complete, including the securing of your dwelling place in the house of God. It's a house not made of brick and mortar and stone and wooden beams, but of things spiritual and eternal that we can only imagine in our human condition. But it's just as real. as the very structure we find ourselves in this morning. Not only did Jesus prepare a dwelling place for us, but he also promised to come back and to get us so that we can live where he lives. And if we depart this earth before Jesus returns, that's okay because Jesus says we already know the way. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, Jesus is the way. Grace bridges the separation. Grace makes a way. God is doing a new thing for God so loved the world. That is the prevenient grace of God. If you're not familiar with that word, it means that God so loved the world. It means that God loves everyone, believers and non-believers. His prevenient grace covers us all because his love covers us all. See, prevenient grace or preventing grace is for everyone. It's that grace that comes before salvation. The grace that works on us and nudges us gently toward a relationship with Jesus. The grace that enables us to become aware that we are sinners and are all in need of a Savior. It's the grace that enables us to love him in response to his love. We love because he first loved us. When I talk about the various kinds of grace, I always go back to the father's house. See, if grace is a house, then prevenient grace would be the front step. In my father's house, there are many rooms. Prevenient grace and convincing grace are the entryway to the father's house. 
But to gain access into the inner rooms, the one that Jesus has prepared for us, to gain access to the house, you have to make a decision to walk through the front door. And the front door of the house is saving or justifying grace. You have to be justified to enter the house. You can't climb in through a side window. There's no back door. You have to walk through the front door of saving grace by making a choice to follow Jesus. And then when we choose to walk through the saving grace front door of the house that Jesus has prepared for us, we find ourselves in the sanctifying grace of the house. This is where we get to settle into the family room of Jesus. And the sanctifying grace, that is a lifelong relationship with him, learning and growing and being more and more like Christ as we go. That's the room that Christ is preparing us for. See, Jesus is the way, not only the way, but also the truth and the life. He's everything we need so in him, there is no longer that permanent separation to trouble our hearts. When I think of separations that have occurred in my own experience, and I'm not talking about Angela going away to visit our grandson for his second birthday. You have to go to my Facebook page and check out the picture of Noah with his bow tie and his little outfit on. You will be blessed. I'm just just saying. When I think of separations, real separations, I always return to John 14, 23 to 29. Listen to what Jesus says. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the father for the father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. See, in that promise from Jesus, we can find peace, you and I. In that promise, we can hang on until Christ comes to take us home. See, in that promise, we can press forward into whatever the Holy Spirit leads us in our new global Methodist movement, a, a church founded on loving God by obeying his teaching. In that promise, we can say, whatever our lot, you, Lord Jesus, have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. 
time to take stock. Is it well with your soul this morning? Do you have that relationship with Jesus that no matter what separations come along in your life, in your human experience? Do you have that relationship that secures a room for you in your Father's house. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.